Hello, welcome to Yay for Growth. I'm your host, Savannah Zipak, and this is a podcast where we have all kinds of conversations. Take a deep breath, check in with yourself, and let's get started. Hi, everyone. It has been a while. Um, This episode, we're going to talk about what I've been up to and some toxic productivity as well as the upcoming Virgo season. Um, I felt very inspired to just kind of like sit down. I owe you guys this much and myself because, I mean, this podcast, it's like my creative outlet, right? So I've just been having a crazy summer and I need to really just, I, I want to restore my relationship with this podcast and my listener um base which I don't know why I'm saying it like that I'm saying as if you guys are like oh my god I hate Savannah like nobody nobody's thinking that and it's like realistically I kind of know this but I don't know anyways um my goal for the remainder of the year is to do bi-weekly episodes and so I'm putting it out into the universe it is my goal um obviously it's flexible if any life things come up but that is what I'm hoping for. Um, I really thought that over the past three months, like, I wasn't, okay, all right, let's back up. I was in the space of thinking that over the past three months, like, while I've been working part-time, that I would have done more as far as this podcast goes, and I haven't. And I'm trying to have some self-compassion and also accountability at the same time, but this, you know, It's funny how you tell yourself that on your time off from working or between jobs or semesters or school years or, you know, whatever your life is like, whatever seasons it goes in, you tell yourself that once you have a break, you're going to do, quote unquote, so much, right? Like learn a new language, travel to a bunch of places, um, you know, just solve world hunger, crazy shit like that, (laughs) um, and so coming into this episode, I, I really thought that my time off, I didn't do a lot or anything important. I guess that would be more like a better way to put it. Like I didn't do anything important, blah, blah, blah. And then I sat down and I made a list. Like I just, I'm so in awe kind of because it's crazy how we can really distort things in our mind. Like But anyways, I'm going to share this list with you. So, this was Savannah's summer of 2022. In June, I went to Mexico, was cultured, okay. My Spanish comprehension improved tremendously. I can, like, read it very well. Thank you, French, for being similar. Um, I can understand conversations in Spanish. I just cannot speak it. And there's obviously, like, if people talking really fast, I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) Like, if, you know. But I pretty much get the gist. And Mexico was freaking amazing. Absolutely loved Mexico. Um, It was beautiful land. Very humbling experience because the people there, they, um, for those that haven't visited or don't know, the people there just live off the land. Like, it's not, it's not like America at all. Um, it's very different and so it was just very humbling and it was a beautiful place and I can't wait to go back which we will 
Um, and then in July, I spent a lot of time organizing, like, after we got back from vacation and settled, I pretty much spent the next two weeks, like, honestly, three, I would just, you know what, just July. I really did, throughout the month of July, spend a lot of time organizing our living space, you know, that was so important to me because we got back from vacation and I had this, like, refreshed feeling and me and my boyfriend were like, all right, something needs to change. So we worked on like our living space and the rest of July, I kind of just spent like nurturing my friendships. I really tried because I was away in Mexico in June. So I really tried to just catch up with friends and I was going through a little post-vacation depression. I don't know if anyone's ever had that. Like if you have, definitely let me know, validate me, reach out. (laughs) Like I also would love to know your experience. If you'd want to come on the podcast, you're more than welcome um and yeah so like I went through this post-vacation depression where I was just like damn like it's back to real life and even though like on vacation towards the end I couldn't wait to get back to real life it was almost like I finally got adjusted to the traveling and the vacation towards the end right like at the beginning it took a couple days to settle in and we were only gone in total for a week so it was just like you know, by the time I really got adjusted and settled, we were heading home. So I was just like, damn, like now I'm in the space to like really experience stuff. Like I'm calm. I got this. I'm more comfortable traveling now. Like, you know what I mean? Because I hadn't been number one out of the country before. Number two on a big trip like that ever. So when I got back and was settled, done organizing our living space and like keeping my, like once I had a minute to really just pause, I got very depressed and it sucked because my boyfriend and I were going through it together him for different reasons which is personal for him I'm not gonna share but we both basically were like dealing with this depression and July was a very dark month and it was also cancer season like cancer season is really dark for a lot of people um and I had to deal with a lot of shadow work, I think, in July because it was just such an emotional roller coaster, not just for us, but like the family, like everybody I feel like was at their peak of emotion and also at their low of emotion nearly every other day. Like it was just such a such a rocky experience um but nonetheless you know we we did the work we really like evaluated things me especially in my personal life like I just reevaluated so much in July and I do think that that's like a big purpose of cancer season making you feel all of these emotions because then Leo season comes in and you're kind of like re-energized almost feeling creative right I think once Leo season started I I was starting to take on a bunch of different perspectives and kind of seeing outside the box like I do think that I've grown a lot this summer as far as learning how to like not take everything personal that people do and you know something I struggle with is call it's um one of the So, there are these negative thinking patterns, right? And it's, like, the top 10, like, negative thinking patterns. And you learn it if you go through, like, therapy or IOP or TBT or whatever. Um, But all this stuff is available for free online as well. Just be careful where you get it from. 
Um, and <laughs> says me, who is, like, not a therapist giving you advice on a podcast about therapy. Like, what? Anyways, I'm a hypocrite. Um, no, but what, <laughs> what I was gonna say was, um, one of the top negative thinking patterns is called personalization. I know a lot of us do it even without like we don't try we don't realize we're doing it sometimes but it's like for example if you know somebody is angry and you immediately think it's like what did I do to cause them to be angry right or um you know they are unhappy with like for example my boyfriend's going through a depression it would be like this is a very personal vulnerable example it would be like it's so tempting for me to be like he's depressed because he is unhappy in our relationship and he doesn't love me and he doesn't want to be with me and all these things and it's just like oh my god no like (laughs) when I you know am able to come back to a wise wiser place after rationalizing you know that emotional heightened mind um I come back to a wise mind and wise mind tells me uh it's not always about you, Savannah. (laughs) You can feel these fears and these emotions and insecurities, but, like, not everything's about you, you know? He has his own life outside of you, and the thing about those, like, personalization is that it is a self-fulfilling prophecy, and it basically is selfish, so you think that it's you concerned about other people, and it's usually stemmed, um, it's, like, a big, hallmark of codependency um you basically think that people uh you know everything is about you it becomes about you like you think you're concerned with other people in their life and what's going on in your relationship with them but really it's just like this part of it god my stomach just grumbled so loud what the fuck all right guess i need to go get a snack but i'm gonna finish this thought first okay so basically you think that like all of these things are about you but they're not and it's just like your mind's way of trying to keep you from accepting like really harsh uncomfortable truths um which literally can drive a codependent person crazy um these truths being people have lives outside of you People don't need you to be the reason for everything in their life. We have this very unhealthy conditioning growing up that tells us, um, and wow, I've really gone on a rant here, but this is great. This is this episode's going somewhere I didn't even expect it to, um, and I'm glad. I'm glad. So, anyways, growing up, we like we learn and we see in these movies and things like that like your romantic partner has to be your everything and it's your world and it's also your number one priority is your relationship I think that's a big truth that is always very hard for me to accept um is that like my boyfriend does not put our relationship as his number one priority And it is for that reason that I respect him so much, so much, because it helps me grow and it helps me do that for myself. Like, it would be really easy, like, okay, for example, past partners, I have, and this is like totally turning into therapy session, but I'm trying to just like give you guys some 
examples and perspective of what I'm going through since this is a life update episode. But basically, like, in past relationships, I've had partners who were just like me, where it was, like, the relationship was the entire focus. And that's not healthy. Like, I know, like, society and media and everything, like, normalizes that, or at least did um, when we were growing up. And mind you, I'm a millennial, for those that don't know. Uh, 25 years old. I'll be 26 soon. Go Virgos. Um, anyways... It's very normalized, but, like, it's actually not healthy. (laughs) Like, in a healthy relationship, and this doesn't just go for romantic relationships. This is family and friends. Like, healthy relationships are usually cultivated when they are not the number one focus of somebody's life. Because the thing is, you can't show up fully to relationships of all kinds. You can't show up if you are not okay and taken care of well you can't show up but it's not gonna be in a healthy productive um sometimes even loving way like you know I think the thing is when we put people first resentment builds because we are putting them before ourselves and as a result, we are betraying ourselves, our self-care at least. I don't want to say betraying yourselves because it's, like, very harsh. But, like, definitely definitely putting our self-care on the back burner, which is so um, incredibly detrimental. It's so incredibly detrimental to our well-being. But yeah, so like I've had family relationships, even friendships, and definitely romantic relationships where it's like I put my partner first all the time. And I'll be honest, I thought I was past this, but you can never be too prepared. Like when my boyfriend and I started dating the first like six to eight months, I would honestly, honestly, I would say that like I definitely was putting him at least, like, equal with me, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, because, like, I did have more control, but the thing is, it definitely hurts me, because you're, like, that's the hallmark of codependency, you're, like, oh my god, like, I'm doing this thing for you, and we do it, like, us codependents, we do it, because it's actually what we want to receive from other people, So we do these things for other people that we want to receive and then when we don't receive it, we get hurt, we feel rejected, and we resent people. We're like, why am I doing all this stuff for you and you're not doing it for me? Why am I doing this thing for you and you're not doing it for me? And it's like, you know what? Nobody asked you. Nobody asked you to do that. Nobody asked you to bend over backwards and make somebody your number one in front of yourself. Like, nobody asked you to do that. And granted, I'm not saying, like, this isn't, like, a, um, me saying, like, oh, like, don't expect nice things from the people in your life, because then you'll resent them, like, no, 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 that's not where we're going with this, I'm just saying, like, as far as codependency goes, that is usually a root of it, it is a attempt to self-regulate, and mind you, I've had so many episodes, I think, on codependency, I'm pretty sure, like, three or something, but I'm really learning more about it now that I'm in a more like grounded place of my life 
I don't even know if, you know what, I'm not gonna say grounded. I'm gonna say a more, um, like, a more objective place in my life where I'm, again, I'm actively trying to not take things so personal. And so, a lot of stuff has happened the past year, you know, and it's just, like, really been hard for me. (laughs) I have to totally separate myself from my interpersonal relationships and realize that, like, my relationships with people don't define my worth. Yes, they could contribute to my life and make them more rich, but it does, it's not a reflection of my self-worth, if that makes sense. Like, if somebody can't show up for me one day because they're not available to, because they have to take care of themselves, like, I cannot take that personal. It has nothing to do with me and everything to do with them. And so July and even August, like, I would really just say the past month, I've been working very, very hard. And I've noticed a lot of differences. Like, even my therapist has been like, Savannah, like, you are making so much progress in the way that I'm able to, like, process things and step out of an emotional place and just like kind of accept reality for what it is to be honest so yeah I think I should move on from July but that's kind of my rant on like what I learned um so take it or leave it (laughs) um in August I started prepping for my so I'm doing a for those that don't know I was accepted and have been enrolled into a master of public health program. I'm super excited to be starting this. It's going to bridge the gap between my science background and the healthcare field um, because I want to be, you know, in healthcare, mental health preferably. Um, And so I really think that this is going to be good for me. Uh, So I'm really excited, especially to learn because I do feel like when you're, there's nothing like learning when you're in school. I, I'm somebody, like, I know a lot of people out there hate school, but, like, I love school. I love learning and I love the structure. If I don't have, like, structure, it's very hard for me to, on my own, like, try to learn things. You know what I mean? And I don't learn it in the same way that I do when I have that, like, a course, structure, deadlines, like, that makes some people anxious. For me, it makes me, like, calm because I'm, like, okay, like, I know how this is gonna go and I'm gonna learn. (laughs) Uh, The only thing I don't like is grading. That sucks, Uh, but, you know, it is what it is, and I'm very excited. So, I've just been kind of, like, mentally preparing, keeping up with the school stuff, financial aid, all that good, great, wonderful things, Um, and I've really just been, like, applying to some full-time jobs and doing interviews and kind of just chilling, um, pet sitting. So actually in total, now I'll do like a entire, things that I did the entire summer included pet sitting. I've been pet sitting a lot for friends and family and it's actually been like the best thing ever. Um, and it's really sweet because like to know people trust me with their animals is actually like a very rewarding feeling. Um, and I love being around animals, right? It's just, it's so fun. Uh, sometimes it's frustrating, but it's definitely been really fun. And yeah, so I've been doing that all summer. In total, I finished five audiobooks. The most recent here, let me like look at my list on, 
I read some on Audible, uh, some on iTunes. So let's see. All right, so I fin- I just finished Where the Crawdad Sings. Oh my god, do I recommend this book to everybody, but especially, especially nature lovers and science people. And also, if you like murder, like mysteries, it's good too. But the writing is phenomenal and if you're gonna listen to the audiobook definitely do the um the narrator of the audiobook is so good I've looked at so many of her books now that I'm just like I need to listen to this just to hear her voice but the the thing is like for other audiobook listeners you'll probably understand but for those that don't really listen to audiobooks it's like kind of like this like you're listening to a podcast and depending on somebody's voice and approach and their inflections and this and that like that could change an entire book for you like sometimes I'm really excited about a book and I'll preview the audiobook and man does the narrator suck like I just cannot it's not that they suck it's just that it's not the type of like voice that I can follow um so I'm like all right I'll just buy the paper book the reason why I've kind of strayed away from paper books is because reading puts me to sleep no matter what I'm doing no matter what time of day like it is so bad that's why I'm like why am I doing a master's of public health online program because I'm gonna have to read a shit ton but I'm hoping because it's usually here's the thing if it's stuff that's like super stimulating for me like learning um usually I can I'll be okay and if I read out loud while I'm doing it it's not so bad but if it's reading like a book like fiction just for fun even biographies and stuff because I love biographies um I just fall asleep (laughs) it's fucking hilarious so yeah I got like a couple books early in the summer and I was trying to read them and I just kept falling asleep and I was like all right I guess we're going back to audiobooks and I'm glad I did because you know what I pop it on while I'm like working and shit and just like hang out and I've gotten through so many more of them than I could if I like had to physically sit down and read a book and there's something about listening while you're doing stuff that like I feel like I retain, I'm a very auditory learner, like, I retain a lot by hearing people, um, it's sometimes a blessing and a curse, (laughs) because I remember, like, everything anyone has ever said to me, like, in life, like, I literally remember something that somebody I went to middle school with said to me, like, it's someone I barely spoke to, maybe even once in my life, I will remember verbatim everything, it is crazy and then people think I'm creepy and I'm just like bitch I have a good memory the fuck out of here okay anyways fuck middle school bullies I'm not focusing on that today uh adding on to the reasons why I am the way I am middle school trauma do 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 um anyways so yeah, I finished five audiobooks. Where the Crawdad Sings, highly recommend. Such a good book. And then uh The Woman in the Cabin by Ruth Ware. Now this one was good, but I'll be honest with you, it was very predictable in my opinion. 
Um, I started The Bomber Mafia. I haven't finished that one yet. The Bomber Mafia is by Malcolm Gladwell, and it's basically just, like, this book about literally something in history called The Bomber Mafia. So, you can look that up if you're interested. Um, and I listened to a couple others, but they're on Audible, so... Like, I switch in back and forth between the iTunes audiobooks and then Audible, as well as... I have this one app, which I do want to share with you guys because it's awesome. It's called Libby. So, if you have a local library card, um, you can sign into this app and pick your local library. And everything is online right there. Like, so many books, so many audiobooks, magazines, movies, blah, blah, blah. Like, everything is on there. And you can just download it on your phone and listen to it right from the app um so yeah that's where I got the Game of Thrones audiobook and started listening to that one so yeah that's kind of my life I love reading I just hate falling asleep every time I read moving right along other things that I did the entire summer, um, was just, like, make some money, you know, again, I said I was pet-sitting, and, uh, just been, like, doing some part-time stuff here and there, so, it's been, it's been good, I've been doing it at my own pace, lucky for me, I can afford that, because I have the support system that I do, right, and I don't have a lot of bills right now, um, but anyways, I also slept and rested, like, so much, (laughs) like, I literally slept so much this summer and still managed to get a lot of stuff done. So it's like, it's great. You know, I think my body and my mind needed it. Um, I showed up for therapy nearly every week unless I was like on vacation and I've made significant progress. Um, Like I said, like hearing feedback from my therapist the other day, I was just like, damn, like, okay, I guess I am making progress because things that normally would like you know, I guess what I realized is that this time last year, there were, there were things that would happen and, like, emotions that would come up for me, and I'd be paralyzed by them, paralyzed, like, I would completely shut down, not be able to talk to anybody, and I was also very isolated, like, I was spending time with nobody, nobody, um, and so, yeah, I think I've made a lot of progress, and that's something to be proud of. And so, basically, the whole point of this rant is toxic productivity. Like, after I finished this list, I was like, okay, so I have made a lot of progress, and I've been tending to my life in all of these areas, like, holistically. My physical, oh, that's another thing. I've been at the park so much. I've been exercising. Like, I have been feeling physically awesome just healthy so why do I think that I didn't do anything this summer toxic productivity is a bitch um and if you don't already know the definition okay toxic productivity defined and this is a combination of a couple different sources I used um I kind of just like combined a bunch of different definitions along with my personal experience So, toxic productivity, it's basically an unhealthy cycle of needing to accomplish tasks, but it never being enough to put your guilt at ease. 
And this can also include categorizing tasks as productive versus non-productive. For example, sleeping until you feel rested, you might tell yourself that's not productive. Versus waking up early, even if you're exhausted, you still force yourself to get up, is productive. Um, You could tell yourself doing the chores, like doing any chores you have, cleaning, whatever, that's productive. And you could tell yourself choosing to play video games, that's not productive. (laughs) Bitch, what? Video games are like so healing as they're number one they they're a creative outlet because nine times out of ten like especially if you play games where you build on something or um simulator games where you have to like figure out or like simulator games where you have to you're put in scenarios and you have to work your way through it and figure it out like video games are very good for critical thinking um creativity and also self-confidence because when you're doing role-playing like in games you show up as these different characters or you complete tasks and it's just like oh wow like you're proud of yourself video games are a space to feel good about yourself um and I really think that like a lot of the shame that came with the rising popularity of video games um there are reasons that people, I mean, there are ends of the spectrum where people do have actual video game addiction or it gets in the way of them taking care of their life and that becomes a problem. But in healthy amounts and when it's done intentionally, you know, video games are so healing. They're so calming. Um, For me personally, I like to play a lot of calming games where I'm like farming and gardening and in nature and like that kind of stuff. Um, So yeah, I I think that with toxic productivity, like, that is probably one of the most common issues is that we start categorizing. And even as a society, like, we categorize certain things are productive and other things aren't. And it's just not true. It's, It's true to what each person's individual lived experience is, like what their lifestyle is. What's productive for you may not be productive for someone else, and what's productive for someone else may not be productive for you. Example, waking up early and jumping out of bed. For some people, that's what they need to do to have a great day. Other people, we need to wake up a little bit calmer. We need to ease into our morning, and then we have the most productive day. So, you know, we all live differently and putting us in this box of like one size fits all of living a certain way is going to help everybody um it's just it's not that's not productive (laughs) that is not productive because it, it creates shame guilt and it makes people constantly strive to fit into this box that not everybody does and you know it also creates like a hierarchy of like people who are more socially accepted or admired than others because they're quote unquote productive in severe cases, I would even go as far to say that, like, this could be a gateway to OCD. Because, like, OCD... Now, I... For those that don't know, I'm diagnosed with OCD. Um, it's something I struggle with, but I don't struggle as much with the stereotypical, um, like, oh, I need things to be a specific way kind of thing. Or, oh, I have to count, you know, I have to turn the light switch on and off three times or whatever. Like... I don't have any of those stereotypical what people think OCD is. OCD 
is very mental for me and a lot of other people who have it. Um, It is more so my, the way that I process and engage with my thoughts and then let that affect my behavior. And I mean, that is the hallmark of OCD. But what I'm talking about is mine ends up being more cognitive. Like it's all in my mind rather than things that I do. So yeah, it's very exhausting. And when I take a whole, when I step back and I take a look at, okay, like what is toxic productivity? And then thinking about how people categorize, you know, things as productive versus non-productive. And that to me, I feel like that is definitely a gateway to OCD because in your mind, you're like saying that things have to be a certain way. And if you really get hooked on that enough, you are going to constantly be anxious and doing compulsions, like trying to make sure you do them a certain way, trying to make sure other people do them a certain way. That is a big, big thing. You just want to find control. So I I really don't, (laughs) I don't think it's productive to view life this way. Um, And I just really wanted to share this experience with all of you. Like, I really sat there thinking my summer was very unproductive and I didn't do anything important and blah, blah, blah. And then when I sat down, when I sat down and I really looked at it and even now reiterating it after writing it out and scripting it and talking to my therapist about like, even looking at it a third, fourth, fifth time, I'm like, damn, this is a problem. Like, this is a problem, not just for me, but in our culture because a lot of people can look back at even a year or you know any chunk of time in their life no how no matter how small or how big we can look back and be like I didn't get anything done I wasted my life I wasted my time and you have to ask yourself what were you actually doing and what did what were your needs in that time of your life right even if it was a week ago even if it was a month ago what were your needs in that moment and what were you doing to meet them and survive essentially right I think a lot of times we do look back at uh, periods of trauma periods that were just hard of struggle and we think we didn't do everything we could or we didn't handle it the best or there's so much more we could have done with our life and then when you really look at it it's like you were in survival mode you could only handle so much and so I just think this is something that I really wanted to send everybody home with this episode is to have more self-compassion And that if you really are sitting there thinking like you're not getting a lot of stuff done, spell it out. Make a list. And then consider, you know, what are the conditions? What is the environment? What is my state of mind? What is my emotional health look like today? You know, there are so many factors that go into having a quote-unquote productive day for each individual person there is no one size fits all because what is productive is individual to each individual right only you can define those parameters and only you 
can be the judge of your productivity, right? And I think it's hard because we have people in our lives, right? We have people in our ear, family, friends, whatever. They're always going to give their opinion, no matter how much you love them, no matter how many boundaries you set. Some people just, they'll give their opinion, even if it's unsolicited. And they'll say you should be doing X, Y, Z. They might say that you're wasting your day because you're sleeping. They might say, why aren't you working all the time? You should be working all the time, making money because that's productive. People will question your behavior. And so that's what leads us back to the original definition in my rant about toxic productivity. It is just a way to gain control. It is just a way for people to feel accomplished. So if somebody ends up projecting onto you about what they think you're not doing or you should be doing, chances are they don't feel great about what they have accomplished today or this past week or this past month or their lifetime. Abusers will project That's just what they do. Emotionally immature people will project. That's just what they do. And it takes a while, I think. It takes a while sometimes to really learn the difference between is somebody actually concerned about me or are they projecting because they feel like they have no control right now and they can't even control themselves, so they're going to try to control me. Like, I know this conversation has gone in so many different directions and I'm not trying to say everyone's trying to control you, but I am trying to say that we as humans do get satisfaction from feeling like we have control. Um, But the thing is, we never have control. Nothing is ever within our control. Literally, everything is out of our control all the time. And that's what... I love so much about mindfulness practice and meditation and things like that is because it helps me get more comfortable with the idea that I can't control everything and I can't accept it or sorry it gets me comfortable with the idea that I just need to accept I can't control everything I can't control the outcome of everything I can't control how I'm gonna wake up feeling today I can't control other people I can't control things, right? So that is what I'd love for you to take away with you. People project. Only you can define what is productive for yourself. And you also cannot define what is productive for other people, okay? Unless, of course, you are concerned about their well-being. That is a completely different story. But just remember, even if you think you haven't accomplished a lot lately, you probably have. You just have to stop and really take a good look at it, okay? Alright, that's what I'm going to leave you with today. I love all of you. Feel free to reach out. Let me know what you think of the episode. If you have any ideas, follow us on Yay for Growth Pod on Instagram. You can uh, be a part of my mental health community on Instagram. It is Lovely Little Healers, and I hope you all have a great rest of your day or night, whatever it is, wherever you are, 
take care of yourselves and take care of each other. Bye-bye.